Hello and welcome to the Dating Smash Podcast. My name is Rob and this is the only podcast dedicated to showing you how to create sexy connection by being goddamn authentic. Shout out to Nikolai Heidloss for creating this kick-ass intro music. You can find him on free-stock-music.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dating Smash. And today we're talking about something that we're bringing back by popular demand. And that question, that subject matter is how much does physical appearance matter to men? Now, to set some context here... We're talking about hetero men, uh, and it's not that we want to deny that there are other spectrums of human sexuality and experience. It's rather that we don't have time to talk from every perspective. And quite frankly, I don't have any experience in that arena, so I can't speak to it. Um, So if one of you does have experience in that arena, hit me up and let me know if this resonates with you. And if it doesn't, hit me up so that we can do a podcast together. Alright, so I think the answer that everyone looks and hopes for is that looks don't matter, but the truth is, they do. And there will almost always be some aspect of visual attraction for hetero men. Uh, However, I think where most of the wires get crossed up is what body type exactly are men looking for? I think there's this natural assumption that men are either into boobs or butts or legs or faces and you got to figure out what type they're into and and it's like this whole complex dance of like how do I become this idealized perfect female and I want to put a stop to that. I, I believe that there is a cultural assumption that hetero men are ultimately about joining a Victoria's Secret model and, and, and men and women uh, I think in, within that fantasy Uh, seem to both worship that body shape. For instance, my girlfriend is very impressed that Nick Jonas has placed his penis inside of one such model. But, I mean, if there was such a thing as a perfect female body archetype, surely it exists in the pool of, let's assume, like three and a half billion adults, right? Like, so half the population. So if that perfect female exists, if that perfectly attractive female body exists, why don't they cast her in all the things? Right? Logically, that would make the most sense. If she is the most attractive, she creates the most dopamine upon people viewing her, which means it's really rewarding to see her in things, which means that people will buy her things. It makes economic sense. So why not put her in all the movies, advertisements, and magazines? Certainly, we should have the data to figure out who's the most attractive, right? As a collective, the internet generates 2.5 quintillion bytes of data a second. I think I did the math on this, and it's something like 25,000 hours of video every single second, if, if you just wanted to convert it to pure video. And, and that's a number that's so large that the human brain can't even picture what it would look like. But the fact is that we can't pinpoint that perfect female body, and we haven't. That tells us something, right? There is no actual gold standard. For instance, a very successful friend of mine is into girls with crooked teeth. He's kind, he digs it. That's what he likes. Another, another likes women with slightly crossed eyes. Uh, I'm not sure of the logic here because I don't understand it. Another is completely obsessed with boob size and boob size alone. 
Uh, even going back in time, if you look at Stephen Fry's Victorian Secrets, uh, it talks about a, a man, a, a noble, who was into women who had lost their noses to syphilis. He thought it was hot. So if you even fall remotely into the range of normalcy, and even if you don't, there's a man or a woman out there who thinks you're sexy as fuck. So the second part to understand is this, men and women go through different phases of attraction and within these different phases of attraction, physical appearances matter more or less. Now I'm going to break this down according to my experience and some of the reading that I've been doing, but there's this is, this is my take on reality, right? So take it with a grain of salt, it's not going to be the truth for everyone. But in my experience, the first phase of attraction is idealized. That is, quote unquote, I will only date X. For me, it was blonde-haired, blue-eyed women. I'm not sure why I was into Aryan women. I just was, so stop judging me. And this, I'm going to argue, comes from a lack of experience. That is to say, I'm informed by my reproductive drive and my reproductive drive alone. Because I haven't had the experience of having like a long-term relationship and everything that it entails, I'm only focused on the front end. Now, the second phase comes with your first relationship and the end of the honeymoon phase, right? And it's here that we discover that personality matters just as much as physical attraction. If I can't get along with this person, if I don't like interacting with this person, then it doesn't matter as much how physically attracted I am. I might try to make it work. I might try to put that square peg into the round hole and just keep hammering away at it until it, like, you know, Maybe, maybe it sticks together for another couple of months, but personality is just as important as physical attraction. But at this stage, the concept of relationships is that personality matters just as much as physical attraction. In my experience, the third phase of relationships and attraction generally comes with multiple concluded relationships. And granted, people will get here without having to go through that experience. But my estimate is that for the majority of people, they will have to go through several relationships to get to this level. And that is that emotional and physical attraction are important and my relationships won't work unless we can communicate with and understand each other. And this is the phase of the relationship where I begin to recognize my role in the conflict. It is not that this person and I are incompatible. It is that my take on reality is creating conflict. And this is something that I need to deal with if the relationship is to work. And the fourth stage and where we'll stop today, even though there is a lot more, is commitment, right? Ideally at this stage, both parties understand that this is the part where I surrender my right to operate strictly as an individual, right? I can no longer justify decisions that do not serve the greater partnership. And if I enter into the commitment phase without that understanding, then things fall apart, right? It ends with a divorce and ugly, messy fights, not good. So in each stage, it's really important to understand that what's attractive to people shifts. And in the long run, how woke you are, how aware you are, how well you understand yourself and your partner, that's king. Not your hip to waist ratio, not how skillfully you can apply your makeup or how much volume that you can get from your shampoo. It's, it's like having abs, right? People place a disproportionate amount of importance on getting them because it's difficult for most people. The fact that it's rare makes it more attractive. By the same token, 
Being someone who's emotionally aware is the sexiest thing you could ever do and learn to help your dating and relationships because you can create the emotions and connection in people that no one else can. Right? The minute that you understand how to communicate by transforming yourself into that emotionally aware, secure, communicative person, you are on a different playing field than everyone else. Your level of attractiveness is not contingent on how you look, although how you look will help. Uh, rather, it is in the emotions that you create in that other person. That's not something that can be matched, and that's not something that diminishes over time with advancing age. The thing is, most people don't take the time to do this because they're so caught up in what the marketing machine is feeding them, right? And how could they not? It's everywhere. I once had to stop and think about this because it was like, is there a part of the human body, of the female body, that is not sexualized? And the answer that I came to is no, there's really not. You can go from the head to the toes and there's something there for you. Right, your hair has to look a certain way. You need to have like lash extensions or put on colored contacts. Right, we can go down to the nose. The nose needs to be shaped a certain way. It can't be turned up. The nostrils can't be too large. Your ears should be a specific size. Your teeth should be white. You should be wearing lipstick. Your neck can't be saggy. You should have nice collarbones. Your boobs should be large and perky. You should have the slender waist, like the, the thigh gap. And you can just keep on going on and on and on. There is not a single part of the body that the that human culture will tell you is okay. And if you get hung up on that, then there's really no fixing it, right? It's like running a three ring circus. By the time you address one thing, there's another thing that needs to be patched up. So why not address the issue that will continue to get more and more leverage over time? Your ability to deal with conflict, your ability to connect and really hear out another person are what are going to count the most in the long run. So I will end with saying this, the type of women that I am least attracted to is the one that isn't self-aware enough to treat everyone else as a human, right? It's the type of person who doesn't understand how much it hurts other people when she starts texting in the middle of a conversation. It's the type of person who refuses to work on herself because she feels like she doesn't need it. And also, fuck you for suggesting it. A relationship with someone like that is simply untenable. It's right. You couldn't pay me enough money to take that human being out on a date. Not because it's wrong, but because to me, it would just feel like a chore. So I hope that lends some perspective to y'all. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to hit me on Facebook or email or you know how to reach me. Uh, and that's about all the time that we have for today. We'll catch you in the next one. My name is Rob, and this has been another episode of Dating Smash.